1: You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 468. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. In today's episode, I'm going to have Project Spurs writer Stephen Anderson join me to discuss a number of Spurs issues. Um, you know, I say the word issues because coming off the, the previous podcast, the Spurs were 4-0. And now they're actually, they've lost the last three games. Heading into Thursday's game against Golden State, so they've they're now four and three on the season. So Stephen and I are going to kind of sift through some of the data, talk about what's going on. You know who's playing who's playing well for them even through the losing, and then who's really struggling for them, and should there be a starting lineup change? And then we of course answer a few um, Spurs Twitter questions through the hashtag SpursCast. So uh, make sure you follow Stephen at I'm Steve Anderson, and please enjoy the conversation I had with him. And now joining me on SpursCast episode 468 is Project Spurs' own. Steven Anderson, you can follow him on Twitter at I'm Steve Anderson. Steven, how are you doing this Wednesday evening, man? Hey, Paul, how are you? Thanks. I'm, I'm doing well, dude. Um, you know, glad to have you on the Spurscast. Cast. Is this your first time, or you've been on in the past when um, with our with our former hosts? I've been on with Aaron before. Oh, okay. So, well, I'll be back to Aaron. Awesome. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> welcome back. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. I remember you were you were on with Aaron when they got started. Okay, so um, Spurs Cast listeners, Steve and I would just jump into this podcast kind of. Um, Steve, it is pretty crazy, you know. About oh, two weeks ago, I, I mean, actually last week, I had Michael DeLeon on, and at that time the Spurs were four and zero. It's nuts how just in a matter of a week <laughs> the team's lost three games, and they don't look very good right now. It's like, you know, me and Mike were like on this high cloud of praise for them, and now today it's almost like the thunderstorm for you and I of kind of figuring out what's going on with this team. Um, so just reviewing what happened first, uh, you know, since Mike and I spoke was the Spurs went into Orlando on Friday and they lost that game by 27 points. They really got blown out by the Magic. Um, you know, Orlando just kind of b- built a big lead on them early and, and never let them back in the game. Then a few nights later, on um, two nights later against Indiana, the Spurs lose by three points. That was a winnable game. They were up by nine points uh, with about six minutes left. And they couldn't close it out, and Indiana came back and won that game. Then, um, you know, it was a back-to-back the second day against Boston. Um, the, the Spurs were kind of in that game, but then in the third quarter, they fell apart. Kyrie Irving uh, kind of took over, and um, Jalen Brown, and the Spurs ended up losing by 14 points. So, Stephen, this three-game losing streak, what have you seen from it so far? Just just your uh, your basic observation.
2: Well, I mean, the basic and more realistic thing is the Spurs are better with Kawhi Leonard. I think we, uh, we all know that, but I mean... The Spurs have—they started well, 4-0, as you said—and we we've seen them lose three games. And the game in Orlando, specifically, to me was really telling. Like Orlando it, used their speed to their advantage, and they were at home. And I mean, th- we've seen the Spurs have trouble with teams like th- this in the past—more athletic, more you know, capable teams are running the floor, like the Oklahoma City Thunder a few years ago. So I mean. The, with that Orlando game specifically, I mean, it was just a bad game from start to finish. The offense played it was bad, defense was bad. So that one with Orlando, actually, I mean, sorry, with uh, Indiana, it was a winnable game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, just tiny mistakes here and there. Whenever I wrote my article on that, that during that game, I, I even said there was mistakes that cost them the game. Turn, turnover moments. I mean, defensive uh, missed defensive assignments where you leave you know a, a guy open for an open three i mean little things like that cost them that win and it was a very very winnable game probably the most winnable of the back end of that road trip and then they went and lost their final game of the road trip. um and then now they're coming home for six straight and tomorrow they got the world champion and possibly the best team in the world golden state coming in it doesn't get any easier
1: yeah, man. Um, so so let's actually dive into some of this data. Just now that we have a seven-game sample size, see what's actually going on here. Now, you know, I would like to talk about some of the positives. Let me just get those out of the way. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge has still looked good during the losing. Um, Rudy Gay's been okay. Uh, Danny Green's still been pretty, you know, pretty poised there. Um, Brandon Paul's been a standout player. We're going to talk about Paul specifically a little bit later. But outside of those four guys, I mean, the rest of the team doesn't look too good. And we're going to get into some of that data here. So the first thing let's discuss, Steven, is their offense. Um, they're ranked 24th. They're only scoring 99.7 points per 100 possessions. That's usually not – That's that you very you rarely see that from a coach pop team. The lowest you'd see them is, is at least in the league average range. But th- these guys are really bad on offense right now. Uh, let me just give you some of their numbers. Um, their true shooting percentage is at 50.4%. They're 28th in the league. Now, true shooting percentage, for those listeners that are listening, it, it takes into average your, your, your field goal percentage, your free throw percentage, and your three-point percentage as well. They're, they're, they, they mess up the data and put into a, a, some sort of number figure and it spits out this number and it's 50 point 50.4 percent the league average um they're way they're well below at san antonio so they're they're not hitting from anywhere they're they're bottom they're bottom um like 25 and below as far as um three point shooting um percentage uh free throw percentage and uh field goal percentage as well uh, they're not really getting that that typical Spurs ball movement. They're only assisting on 55.5 percent of their makes, which is 19th in the league. And you rarely see a coach pop team that far down in terms of like getting assist off your made basket. So, Stephen, I've just laid out some, some 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 a few numbers here. What do you think is going on with the offense right now? Obviously, Kawhi's out. But what do you think compared to those first four games?
2: Well, I mean, the, the thing is, obviously, with Kawhi out, uh, we have the Spurs folk. LaMarcus Allridge is the main guy. I mean, Spurs are going to him often and early in, in every game. And, I mean, that's good. I mean, we, we, as you said, he's been very consistent. Even in the loss, um, the last game of the road trip uh, to uh, Boston, he was very consistent. I mean, yeah, he only had 11 points, but he, he was aggressive. He, he just missed some of his shots. But as the offense as a whole, Paul, I mean, Kawhi out. Like I said, you're focusing on Lamarcus, and when Lamarcus goes to the bench to take a rest, there's no one to create their own shot. I mean, the Rudy Gay is one of those natural scores. Uh, we all know what Rudy Gay can do. We've seen him in other teams in years past. But other than that, there's no one that really can create their own shot for the Spurs. Patty Mills has been struggling. No Tony Parker. As we know, Joffrey LaVerne is out with injuries. Um, Brandon Paul. We're going to touch on him later, but he's a, a what we've seen from him. The minutes he's played, he's played very. So, I mean, but that that main problem with the offense, it doesn't look like they're in sync. And obviously, we know with the injuries the Spurs have, Tony, Kawhi, Laverne, you're not going to be in sync because you're not you're, you're not used to having so many different pieces to start the season, you know, out. I mean, it's unfortunate the Spurs had to have some injuries to start the season, but that's the hand they've been dealt, so to speak. So, uh, with that, we talk about turnovers. I mean, the Spurs uh, had 19 turnovers. Those road games, um, I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but they had 19 turnovers. And then in Indiana, they had uh, I think it was 16 turnovers. And Paul, you mentioned uh, uh, they're ranked 24th in offense. When you turn the basketball over that often, you're not going to score the basketball, and, and you're going to you're going to be backpedaling some of these teams. I mean, the offense, I guess, it just to me looks very inconsistent. Probably more inconsistent this season. Uh, apart from injuries, take that aside than it has at this point, last season. I mean, last season, I think every team has inconsistencies to start the season. That's not no a no brainer. But for the Spurs to be playing like this, you know, even with injuries is is a little concerning to me.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is their three point shooting. you know that's always, even though they don't take a lot of attempts in the past, they haven't either. They've had some of the best three-point shooters. A lot of their guys usually shoot above league average, and right now those guys are struggling. You know, I, I looked at some of the data on wide-open threes, wide-open. They're shooting 31.5%, which is ranked 26th in the league. That is not good. That's that's very, very rare for a Spurs team to be that far below on wide-open threes. Um, you know, some of their, 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 turn, their current um, team average, um, as I mentioned earlier, they're shooting um, – 33% from three-point range. They're 30, they're about two percent below league average. The only three guys on their team right now that are actually shooting above league average are Brandon Paul. He's he's shooting an insane percentage. Danny Green shooting very well and Rudy Gay. They're typical guys. Patty Mills 25% from three on 3.4 attempts. Manu Ginobili, 20% on 3.3 attempts. And then Paul Gasol of all people, who shot over 50% last year, he's 30% on 1.4 attempts. Um, you know, and then guys like Kyle Anderson and and Dejounte Murray, they're just non-factors from the three-point arc. Um, so one one thing I did want to ask you is, do you think that when Kawhi returns, those guys their their percentages? We need more of a sample size to finally see where Patty, Manu, and Pal kind of get back up to their normal part. I think so because I mean, if, if you I, uh, I
2: mean we I keep saying it I sound like a broken record, but I mean with Kawhi out, you focus more on other players. I mean Lamarcus is getting the brunt of his focus because of how well he's playing. But I want to talk specifically about Patty Mills. Um, I've wrote about this many times in the recaps I've done, where I mean, I've said he's uh, he's not played well, and I mean that's that's obvious from the stats you just given. But th- I do believe we need Kawhi back to get a real sample size because right now defenses are focusing on Lamarcus, on Patty, on Danny, on Manu, all these guys, and particularly Patty, where we y- you and I both know this, Paul. Patty the, the Patty likes to come off a screen and get that free space to shoot that three or to shoot a shot, and sometimes. A lot of these defenses, particularly Orlando and Boston, were really aggressive defensively with uh, Patty. They would not let him get enough space to get a shot off, and that's affecting his shot. Whether you're a Patty Mills fan or whether you're uh, upset that he's playing bad, I mean, you have to look at the the fact is the defenses uh, on all these teams, and I'm expecting the same thing with Golden State on Thursday to really press him defensively and really try to affect his shot
1: yeah and i mean i think that's he's the guy who's probably drawing the most um controversy right now just because he, he got paid this summer you know about four, four yeah. years 52 million so of course a lot of fans are going straight at him since actually danny green's having a good start to the year it's usually danny green's the scapegoat for the fans <laughs> uh, but you know patty's down a little bit 6.1 points per game he's, he's only he, he's shot 17 shots only made i mean he's shot 54 shots only made 17 from the floor uh he's six to 24 from three but you know i say this all the time as well steven just like you he needs space right now. He's getting a lot more um, responsibility on offense, and he just can't. You're asking him to do something he just doesn't do. And I know, I know, fans' argument, which they have an argument. They're right. You know, well, then why do you pay this guy if he's not going to get any better outside of what he already does? It's that he brings value to what they do when they're completely healthy. When Kawhi's there, you know, the burden's not on him um, as much uh, to facilitate and create for others. And he gets with Kawhi on the floor, with by his side, or somebody else, you know, in are whole rotation, he has more shooting space. And I think that eventually you will um you know you will see his percentages rise up a little bit and and i mean fans can complain all they want this is going to be a a question for later but honestly you can't even trade patty till january 15th he has a a restriction in his contract for re-signing this past summer where he's not movable until january 15th so you're going to have to see at least like a 40 30 game sample size before you even evaluate if you do want to move him later on but we'll we'll continue with that part later about patty um steven the next thing i do want to talk to you about is about the starting lineup. you know, this is more more so for the interim now that you know we still don't know when Kawhi's coming back today the team announced that he's not playing against the golden state all it is is more of like a game-by-game basis they haven't said they haven't put out a timetable when he's coming back he could come back next week he could come back in a month we have no idea now steven the, the starters are not playing well anymore uh of Dejounte murray danny green kyle anderson lamarcus and powell they're a minus 5.2 net rating when on the floor together per 100 possessions um do you? I think the guy that I'm looking at is Kyle Anderson there. he When he's on the floor, he's a minus 10.6 points per 100 possessions. Defense are just getting by him. I saw Jalen Brown. He didn't really have his way with him uh, defensively. You saw Jonathan Simmons a few nights ago kind of just breeze yeah. right by him for a dunk. And then when Kyle comes off the floor, the Spurs' numbers increase. They get their plus 9.8 points per 100 possessions. So here's the flip side of that. Brandon Paul, when he's on the floor, is a plus 3.3 points per one of possessions. And then when Paul's off the floor, he, they're minus 3.2. So they, they actually need Paul on the floor right now, at least statistically it's showing. So, Stephen, what would you think about maybe swapping in, until Kawhi comes back, swapping in Brandon Paul at three and maybe Kyle Anderson coming back off the bench?
2: I do it right now. <laughs> I mean, like, well, first before before I get into that, I just want to add one thing to what the Kawhi thing you were saying there, Paul. Which is one thing fans don't realize, cause I I'm I'm sure you get tweets just like I do, asking when's Kawhi coming back? Have you heard any news about Kawhi? And the thing is, what fans maybe don't know or don't realize is that Kawhi's been dealing with a lingering injury at this like this tendon to tendonitis in the quad for for almost a couple of years. So I mean, it, it's a very common injury he's had. Or not comment, it's a very like reoccurring injury he's had, so that's why the Spurs aren't putting a timetable because it's possible not even they know when he's going to come back. I mean, it's just up to when he feels up to it, but uh, that's my rant on that. But, I mean, getting back to Brandon Paul, yes, I definitely would. Uh, I was actually going to suggest that to you if you didn't suggest it because, I mean, Brandon Paul, like I said, we've he's only got minutes, I believe, in – He's got minutes in every game, but he's gotten more minutes recently than he has the first three games of the season. And what we've seen in those, particularly on that road trip, Paul, was was really good. I mean, he, he can shoot threes. He can defend well. I mean, I think, I don't think I'm out of bounds in saying he's a better offensive player than Kyle Anderson at this point. And I would put him in the start of, of of Anderson at this point, because, I mean, if you look the Spurs have coming up the next four games. Uh, up, take it, Golden State out of it; it's not going to get any easier with the Clippers and and Phoenix. And well, Phoenix is debatable, but in Charlotte. I mean, you got some good teams coming in here, and you're going to need that defense and particularly that offense to start the game. Because offensively, the the in Boston and also in Indiana, the starters look bored. They didn't look really into it. They look really sluggish to start. And I think a shakeup to the lineup might give them the jump they need
1: yeah um i feel that way as well you know uh with, with paul you're getting good defense on, on the wing at least um that kyle's kind of not bringing you you get more shooting like you mentioned you know Dejounte's already a non-shooter teams are already you know he's he's fell apart ever since like his fourth game of the season um offensively you know um he's just down in the tank with his jump shot defenses aren't scared of him they know what they know the game plan on him he's good at attacking the boards He's good at getting into the paint uh so, so when you have two non-shooters out there in Kyle and, and Murray, it makes it harder on Aldridge, Green, and, and um, Gasol to get to get those early runs now and get those like you know that separation. So if it's not Paul and it's not Anderson who gets moved, I think it has to be Powell then in that scenario. Where I have some lineups here, you know, if you have Murray, Danny Green, Brandon Paul, Kyle Anderson at the four, and, and Lamarcus Aldridge, then the Spurs have been scoring plus 34.0. Um, they have a net rating of plus 34.0. If you put in Murray, Green, Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gay, and Lamarcus it's plus 40. Now, I know that I don't think Pop would take Powell out just yet, you know, especially since Kawhi's not back yet. So that's why I feel like Kyle Anderson's the, the guy that might get moved to the bench uh, and let and, and someone else takes his minutes.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, because particularly when you have, like I said, Golden State loves to go small. We know this. But uh, with how Powell has played in the last two games, I don't see Pop moving him at all, at least not yet, unless Uh, unless, like I said, a situation like Golden State comes in where Golden State starts small and they don't start any bigs at all. And maybe that's a scenario I can see. Because remember, he did that with Tim Duncan. He moved Tim Duncan to the bench a few years ago and put Boris Diaz in the starting lineup. But again, that was like in March and we're only in November. So there's a long way to go. And we had a healthy Kawhi Leonard at that time. So I do believe there's more time to discuss uh, moving power, things like that. But if we're talking right now, I think you're right. Kyle is the main guy to zero in on at this point.
1: Yeah. And, and Stephen, before we go into the Twitter questions, um, I, I wanted to ask you a, about this question, just kind of because, you know, it's obviously seven games only. It's super small sample size. Most teams don't get an actual sample size legit until 20 games. Now, there's obviously two camps on, on Spurs Twitter. It's the sky is falling. Oh, my gosh, to start drafting for, for a lotto pick. And then there's the, there's the camp of, hey, Kawhi's not even back yet. These dudes are still four and three. They're, they're over 500. Now, let's just say this week, like you mentioned, they have some tough opponents coming up. They have Golden State, Charlotte, Phoenix, and the Clippers. Let's just say they're, they're either below 500 next Wednesday or they're like six and five. Are you in that camp of they really need to like, start freaking out or are you still saying that just hold on the fort and kind of do what you got to do, build some chemistry until Kawhi comes back? Where are you at on the Spurs right now? I'm in the camp
2: of it's only November and there's a long season to go. I mean, you know, I, I think hold on the fort to Kawhi comes back. There's no drastic changes that need to be made. I mean, if you look at Golden State, they're three as well, I believe, or five and three or whatever Thunder. they are right mm-hmm. now. I mean, five and three. Okay. So, I mean, you're not calling for them to tr- to bench uh, Kevin Durant or Dream or something. I mean, it's it's it, what happens right now is a small size, as we both keep saying. I mean – just because the Spurs and Golden State are not number two, does it mean that, that they're going to not be number one or two in April? No. I mean, it's a long season. Things happen uh, over the course of a season. I mean, the only I, only thing I would suggest, and we just had a few seconds of lineup change until Kawhi gets back. I mean, Cal Anderson's not cutting it, and Brandon Paul is, as as uh, we've seen in the past couple of games. But as far as anything drastic, no, leave it the same.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, defensively, they're actually okay. I, I know that they've had some of their slip-ups, especially against the Magic, but like you saw against Boston the other day, they actually took care of the ball very well, and outside of Kyrie Irving being Kyrie Irving, they couldn't just stop him individually. They were kind of okay overall on defense. They're 11th in the league. They're, they're, they're holding teams to 100.9 points for 100 possessions. Um, they're actually doing very well of not putting a lot of players on the free throw line without Kawhi. That's actually pretty good. Now, playing more small ball, you've seen Pop go to more small ball. Rudy gave really quick in the, as, at the four and LaMarcus at the five. Um, they're actually, the, the rim is exposed a little bit more. They're like 12th or 13th in points in the paint for the uh, other team. So that's kind of something that you need to watch as far as even when Kawhi comes back. Um, but, you know, defensively, they're actually okay. That's something they can kind of hang their hat on and they'll get better as the um, season continues. Moving on into our Twitter questions that we ask you all the fans to go on to and log on to Twitter and use the hashtag SpursCast to send us some questions. So, Stephen, I'm going to read you the questions, uh, maybe provide some data and then I'll um, let you answer them. Okay. All right, cool. Here we go. Our first one comes from at Spurgeon the Six. They ask, with his new handles, what should Danny Green's new nickname be? I've seen some fans floating Danny Dribbles as an option. What about shortening it to Double D or D Squared? What do you think Danny's new nickname should be since he's dribbling so well?
2: Well, not Double D. Let's, let's not go there. Uh, I'm going put – I would think like D Money or, or – uh, uh, yeah, D squared sounds good. I, I like D squared or D money, D because green money, hit it? So yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I, I honestly just keep just calling Danny. That's kind of what I call him, um, or just you know green. Because I, I hate to be mean about this tweet, but um, he's actually kind of slipped a little bit. And you know, it's not his fault. He's getting he's getting asked to do a lot more. Um, so he's actually now he's turned. He has a uh, 13 turnovers this season, which is the second most on the team. Um, as far as wing players, he's in the seventh percentile of turning the ball over on 16.5% of the Spurs' possessions when he has the ball, and that's not very good for wings. And again, it's still early season data, and he's, he's asked a lot, he's asked to do a lot more right now with Kawhi out. But we're going to get back to Danny in a second, so I kind of I, I don't think he needs a nickname at all um, <laughs> and, and where I'm coming from um, as far as looking at that question. Okay, Stephen, the next question is from at Dan DeLion. They ask, other than getting Kawhi back, is there anything else that can solve the Spurs' recent defensive struggles? They put too many uncontested shots.
2: Well, I mean, other than getting Kawhi back, I mean, just, I guess, taking better care of the basketball on the offensive end and on the defensive end, just, you know, I mean, watch your man more. I mean, we saw in Boston and also in Indiana, guys went to the rim with – Ease. I mean, and I'm not even talking, that's with Powell and Lamarcus on the floor. I mean, you know, I mean, guys were easily finding ways to get around some of the Spurs def- defenders, and you had two big guys clogging the paint, and they still got in. So, I mean, just ball watch, watch the ball a little more, watch, D up on your man better. Um, and I think, really defensively, Brandon Paul would be a massive upgrade over Kyle Anderson because, I mean, he had, he had two steals in one of those road games, and what was Kawhi Leonard like I mean he literally took the ball like from the guy's hands so I mean that would be a massive improvement as well.
1: Yeah and, you know and, and you 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 mentioned something earlier that's going to help their defense is not it's just not turning the ball over you saw against Boston they only had like I think like 13 turnovers 11 turnovers they took care of the ball finally and they stayed within that game until the third quarter. So as long as you're not turning the ball over like you did against Orlando or against Indiana, you're going to have a chance if you're the Spurs. And I think the other part of it, as far as uncontested shots, is just kind of chemistry. There's been a lot of plays where Rudy Gay's got burnt, um, you know, backside on on weak side action. He's just not, you know, he's been playing for the Kings over the last few years. He's coming back from, from injury. He's not used to locked in for an entire possession, 48 minutes. And this is something Pops can require of him. So he's going to take him some time. And I think just all the new players out there, DeJounte Murray's getting some minutes. you got Brandon Paul. It's more about chemistry and just figuring where guys need to be, um, right. especially with Kawhi out there. You know, Kawhi does cover up a lot of their mistakes defensively. He's such a good player. He's obviously a two-time defensive player of the year that until he gets, he comes back, I think it's just more, more time and continuity on the floor together. They'll get a little bit better. And like I said, they're 11th in defense. They're not that bad. Uh, that, that's actually pretty good to be. And that's the reason why they, they, they've actually won four of these games to start the year. Yeah, right. sure. yeah. Uh, our, our next question comes from at Grieco Suave. They ask, I'm happy to see more Spurs scoring, especially Danny Green. Can this be sustained when Kawhi returns? Now, see, before I let you answer that question, let me provide you Danny Green some of his stats right now. Um, he's averaging 11 points per game. Now, here's the thing. He's taking 9.9 field goal attempts, which is second most on the team. So do you think <laughs> Danny's going to keep up his scoring uh, when Kawhi comes back?
2: First of all, I love that Twitter handle. Let me just point that out. But I mean, um, do I think Daniel keep that uh, score? The, no, I don't. I mean, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have Kawhi, Lamarcus, Rudy Gay, and uh, doing a very ma- much the majority of the scoring. And Danny's gonna get some looks. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But will he keep up the scoring he is right now? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I'm in that camp as well. You know, he's not going to have the possession as much. You know, his turnovers will decrease because he's not going to be, um, you know, asked to do that much. He'll have to dribble still, but it's more on closeouts and, and when teams double LaMarcus or Kawhi. Uh, I I can see a score maybe going from 11 points to like, you know, at best like eight or nine. Um, and right. that's if he's making all his threes. He's shooting at a high clip with less possessions. But yeah, he's not going to be getting nine shots a game like he's doing right now when Kawhi comes back and when LaMarcus is there and Rudy. You're right. There's like a pecking order in terms of who gets the shots uh, right. when. Um, Grico Suave actually had a few questions for us. Um, so the next one they ask is, uh, what's wrong with Patty Mills? Now, here, now we already talked about Patty, obviously, so we're not going to really answer that. But here's the other part. Is his trade value re- still relevant? Now, what, what I'm going to say about this is that Patty cannot be traded since he re-signed as a free agent this summer until January 15th. So the Spurs are stuck with him until that time if they even did want to move him. But, Stephen, let's just say that Patty doesn't ha- – doesn't, even when Kawhi comes back, he still doesn't get his percentages up. He, he, he just looks at a, a little out of sync. He, he's kind of a minus on, on the other end of the floor like it's looking at the na- numbers. Do you think that by January, if he's having a really bad you know, 30 games, they would look at moving him?
2: I don't think so. And I mean we we, we had this discussion – well, not you and I, but uh, I've had this discussion with a lot of people uh, with Danny Green. When Danny Green was struggling, if you remember that, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you know, oh, Spurs need to trade Danny or Danny's not playing very well. You know, the Spurs can get somebody better. I mean – Danny Green is a very, very good defender. He didn't earn all defensive honors last season for nothing. Uh, If you look at Patty Mills, Patty's also a very good defender as well. Um, If he's still playing bad, are the Spurs going to trade him? No, I don't think so. And the reason I say that, not because I'm a huge Patty Mills super fan or anything like that, but I mean Pop has a history of not wanting to screw up the lineup too bad in the middle of the season. And People will say, oh, look at Richard Jefferson. They traded Richard Jefferson. He wasn't a major, major, major like Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker, you know, or uh, if you want to go back even farther than that, uh, Corey Joseph type of player where he was needed on a team. Uh, Murray, we still, we're proving it right now. He has struggled, as we've talked about. He's only in his second year. Uh, he has a lot of room to grow. Patty is that veteran presence the Spurs need. When Tony Barker comes back and he sits on the bench, you're going to want to go to a, a Patty Mills over a John T. Murray or even Derek White, who has not seen the floor at all except for garbage time. So, no, I don't see the Spurs trading t- Patty, even if he continues to struggle.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't see them trading him either. You know, I think he, I, I'm in the camp of he's going to figure it out once Kawhi gets healthy and once everybody's back and he gets back in his in his normal routine and rotation. But let's just say that that, that they were going to trade him. Let's just say January 15 comes. He's still playing really poorly. Um, he, here's the thing. He doesn't have a lot of value in terms of, um, you know, if he's playing bad, first of all, teams are not going to want him. But then second of all, you're going to have to t- attach a first-round pick. And he, the thing is, he has four years on his deal. And outside of contenders, he's not really a big commodity, I mean, a big, like, want for, um, you know, teams that are either reloading or trying to start, kind of rebuild. What are you going to put, like, a veteran guy in there, a backup point guard for? So I, I really don't think he has that trade value. I don't think San Antonio moves him at all um, right. uh, this season. Uh, the next question still comes from at Grico Suave. They ask, Eric Bledsoe may not get traded until December, and are the Spurs interested? Now, uh, let me just give you some – Some he, now, Bledsoe's making $14.5 million this year. So I put a few trade packages together. Now, I don't think the Spurs would go after him, Stephen, but I'm going to let you answer this. Here's, here's what, the, what you would need to do just to get a package like that to, to, for Bledsoe from Phoenix. You need to move somebody like Danny Green, Kyle Anderson, and DeJounte Murray or Tony Parker and, De, and DeJounte Murray. Those are just some sample packages. And, again, you have to throw Murray in because Phoenix is going to want a young player, and then Parker or Green needs to be included in one of those deals because of the salary. They each make over $10 million. So do you think the Spurs would ever go after Eric Bledsoe this season?
2: Based on that, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, like I just said, I mean, I just said a few seconds ago, Pop does not like to screw up the lineup midseason. And I think doing something that like, like that, trading uh, uh, Danny Green, Tony Parker, and Murray, or at least some of those players, would do a massive screw-up to the lineup. I mean, you, you're talking let's, – let's play devil's advocate. Let's say they actually did that. One, you would have Eric Bledsoe come into San Antonio, have to learn a whole new system on the fly – you know, to learn his assignments, learn the defensive schemes, learn where he needs to be on the floor. Pop doesn't have time to teach people that, you know, when you're fighting for your playoff line, to speak, fighting for seeding, you know, going after Golden State, going after the Thunder, all these teams that you're trying to fight to get into a certain spot in the, in the standings, Pop's not going to have time to really teach the, 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 a new player something like that. So, no, I don't see that happening at all.
1: Yeah, I'm in that camp as well. I don't think they're ever gonna they're gonna get Eric Bledsoe this, this coming season. Um, just because that part, like you said, and then plus his, his injury history. If if you acquire him, he, there's a chance he gets injured really quickly. He hasn't really played major minutes since he's been in Phoenix because they've been tanking. They've been just telling him to go home. Uh, and then there's no there's no backup point guard or no future for you if you move Murray because Phoenix will want Murray he's a young um, a prospect for them and then San Antonio who are you building on? you know obviously you still have Derek White but that's about it and you've invested so much already in Murray so I I don't think that's ever going to happen with the Eric Bledsoe situation in San Antonio. Um, the last question, Stephen, comes from at Suave again. Um, they ask, uh, "What do you think of the play from the young uh, guns, Brent Forbes and Brandon Paul?" Now, we've obviously talked about Brandon Paul. We both like him right now. He's shooting very well, plays really good defense. But we didn't talk about Brent Forbes yet. Pop has been using him a little bit more. Like the last five games, he's been running a, a backup point guard combination of Patty and him together. What have you seen out of Forbes, and, and are, what, what do you like about him right now? Okay, well, right, uh, that's an interesting one, Paul, because. What does that have to be like? To... What, what have you seen from him, should I say? It could be no- negative or positive. Okay, good. Okay,
2: good. not yeah. <laughs> <It doesn't laughs> be positive.
1: Yeah, yeah. We got to be honest here.
2: Yeah, there's not a whole lot of positives. I, I mean, and no offense to uh, the fan who treated that. If you're a huge Brent Ford fan, more power to you. But, I mean, you know, I I get why Pop is doing it. The, uh, but at the same time, I don't. Because he ha- this season, and if you with only last season when he played – the minutes he played last season, he didn't really prove to me, at least I don't know about you. You can give it on it. He hasn't really proven himself enough to me to tell me, Hey, you know, he earned those minutes to be in. And I say that not in a bad way, but more of a, when he's out there, he doesn't play very well. He hits the occasional three or the occasional shot or goes in for a layup here and there, but
1: defensively he is not very good. No, I, I think you just painted. I think Sunday's game. I mean, no, Monday's game against Boston painted the perfect picture. There was one possession on defense where Terry Rozier is dribbling down the floor. He sees he has Brandon Paul guarding him and he just takes him to the rack and scores a lay uncontested basically. Then on the other side, Paul gets open and he makes a three for the Spurs. Okay. So there you go. He, he's a plus one. Well then on the next side, he's guarding. So I forgot which Boston opponent was. So somebody in the corner, they just blow right by him and score and score a dunk. And it's like, okay, so on just three possessions, basically, Paul, gave, I mean, he scored three points for us, but then he gave up, you know, four points on the other end. And that's kind of the thing is that he's always going to be a liability on defense. And it's not his fault, you know, he's undersized. He, he's, he's, a, he's like six foot, six foot one, whatever it is, six foot three. I don't know his size, but it's just, it's not his fault that, that that's just the, the physically, that's that's his height as far as, um, you know, where he can play defense in the NBA level. But offensively, he just doesn't give you enough firepower still, even though he's a great shooter. He's actually only shooting 30% right now from three. And I just feel like Pop's kind of playing him right now, just because one, they're limited on bodies right now, but also just kind of seeing, you know, is this guy really going to make it w- with the Spurs' team? Does he really going to have a role or not, or, or is this someone that we can still keep around? But are we to, or maybe we can use him as a, 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 as a moving piece later on? So I, I, I'm not too high as well on Brent Forbes. Uh, Brandon Paws we said, we both like him. Uh, yeah, he's shown a lot more positives than, than, than Brent Forbes. When is
2: his uh? Uh, for Forbes, when is his contract? Like, when's the last day they can cut
1: him? Good question. That's that's January 10th, 2018. It's coming January. Yeah. Okay. He, if, if he gets waived by January 10th, he his deal's not guaranteed. If he stays on right. the Spurs past that day, uh, yeah, then he will count toward the cap for the for the entire season. Okay, I knew that was coming up, but wasn't sure on the actual date. Yeah, and uh, okay. So so th- thank you, Spurs fans, for um for sending us those questions using hashtag Spurscast. Continue to send those. We'll make sure to answer them on, the, on next week's podcast. Okay, Spurs, man. So, the last part of this um, episode 468, Steven and I are going to um, kind of preview the next four games uh, for the Spurs. They have a few opponents here coming up. We had mentioned them earlier. So, so Steven, the way this is going to work is I'm going to give you this, the team on, and the day they play, uh, their record, where they rank in their conference, what they're ranked on in offense and defense, and then you tell me just if you think they're going to win, if the Spurs will win or lose that game. Okay, the, the first one up is uh, Golden State Thursday. The Warriors are 5 and 3. Um, this is as of Wednesday, 6 p.m. This is before all the games on Wednesday got started. Um, They're fourth in the West. Steven, do you think they beat the Spurs or do you think San Antonio wins?
2: I think the Spurs are going to lose, uh, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know um, You know, when, when's the last time they lost four in a row, but I, without Kawhi, without Tony – Without uh, Laverne, um, I just see the Spurs, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Spurs are going to put up a fight. But in the end, the combination of Curry, Thompson, Green, uh, Durant, it's going to be way too much for the Spurs. And I think they lose their fourth straight.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to say loss as well. Um, you know, Vegas actually thinks this is kind of like a, is Golden to going to actually wake up for this game? Because they know Kawhi's out. You know, I don't know if they're going to take it seriously. Because they only made him a six-point favorite when I first checked the first odds. And um, so, so they think there could be a slip-up by the Warriors. They have lost three games. They haven't taken it too seriously just yet. They're kind of bored already. You know, they know it doesn't really, like you mentioned earlier, it doesn't start until April, they a real season. But I yeah. also take Golden State here. I think that, you know, with, with the Spurs struggling so much on offense and Golden State, um, UC being one of the top t- uh, defensive teams right now, they're not, but they can turn that up. Um, I, I see Golden State winning. So next, so now the following night, Stephen, in San Antonio, the Spurs host the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte is 4-3 and three and they're ranked 7th in the Eastern Conference by, by way of record. They're the 21st offense, so they're kind of struggling on offense like the Spurs are right now, but they're really good on defense. They're they're the sixth best defense in the NBA. Who do you think wins that game Friday?
2: Okay, this is the one that I've been wondering about because, as you said, I mean, the stats are there. Both teams, and I'm taking Spurs' um, history The past, just on the back end of that road trip, um, Paul, they've struggled on on offense as well. Um, So I think... Friday's game could be a Spurs win if the Spurs can tune up their defense, not make as many mistakes like we saw, like they did in Indiana. I think the Spurs win that game, but I'll say like maybe within 10 points. I mean, it's going to be a close game, but I think if the Spurs can minimize their mistakes and they're at home also, the Spurs, as you said, back to back at home. So I think the Spurs can win that game at home.
1: Yeah, I, I picked Wynn also um, just because, like you mentioned, like, like we both mentioned, they have their issues as well. Charlotte does on offense. Um, you know, outside of Kemba Walker, he, I think he's going to have a really good game against San Antonio, but he's not Kyrie Irving. They don't have as much support as Boston, and San Antonio almost beat Boston. You know, they were in that game for most of it except for that third quarter when Kyrie went nuts. And so I, I'm going to give the, the edge there to San Antonio. Um, And just real quick, Spurs Spurs fans, before we continue with this part, um, just remember that we're we're predicting these are without Kawhi. We still have no idea when he's coming back. So we're just giving these predictions based on Kawhi being out. Okay, so then Stephen, they get Saturday off and then Sunday they host the Phoenix Suns who are three and four in the year. They're 13th in the Western Conference. Um, This is not a very good team. They're 27th in offense and 22nd in defense. Who do you think wins that game? The Spurs could uh, – Spur, uh, to answer the question, the Spurs, and the Spurs could easily win the game if LaMarcus
2: takes the day off. I mean, no Tony. I mean, Phoenix is not very good at all. Um, I would, Now, if the Spurs don't win, I will be very conservative.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think as long as they're focused – I'm picking them to win as well, that one. And it's, they, what I mean about focus is because right now the Suns, they obviously um, – they got blown out in their first three games, and I think they fired their coach. Um, really early on and ever since then they've had a kind of had a a fire lit under them and they've they've lost some games but they've also been playing a little bit better and they won a few games here so i think you do have to be careful that could be a trap game where if you're not focused you're not locked in you think it's just gonna be an automatic win uh phoenix can't come back to bite you because they're playing like more team motivated basketball they sent eric Bledsoe home until he gets traded so he's not like you know in in the locker room you know disturbing the the chemistry that they're building there so i think that's a game to watch but i'm gonna take san antonio as well uh the last game for next week, uh, as far as, like, before I think I'll record Spurs Cast episode 469, uh, it's next Tuesday versus the Clippers. So the Spurs see the Clippers for the first time. The Clips are doing very well right now. They're 4-2. and two, uh, They're second in the Western Conference. They're sixth-ranked offense and the 11th-ranked defense. So, Stephen, who do you think wins that one? Uh, this, again, we're
2: talking, uh, just going by history, you know, Clippers have always given the Spurs a hard time, and with Kawhi. Um They've always given the Spurs a tough time. Now, again, uh, Paul, just to reiterate what you said earlier, we are, we both are assuming Kawhi is not available for these games that we're doing. So I'm going to say the Spurs lose. The uh, reason mm-hmm. is because, you know, I know the Clippers don't have Kirk anymore, and he was a huge thorn on their side. But look who the Clippers still. They they have Blake Griffin. They have DeAndre Jordan, two huge shot blockers for them. I mean, they have a very good defense. They have a good offense. I mean, the Spurs have struggled on both ends of the floor as of late. Um, the Spurs could win if they get their offense together and cut down the turnovers. everything else we've been, But I just don't see it happening right now. I think the
1: Spurs lose, uh, unfortunately. Um, I'm with you as well, Stevens. I think they lose that one as well. I just feel like the Clippers are a little bit more like a little bit of a mirror of the kind of like the magic where they have a, an athletic forward and and, and, a Blake Griffin who can run the floor. They got crazy guards who are just kind of going up and down the floor. They're trying to pick up the pace. You got a a dunker and a Deandre Jordan, who's kind of, um, you know, doing all those alley-oop dunks. Uh, Patrick Beverly's playing well, Austin Rivers, you got Lou Williams. They just have a lot of weapons around Danilo Gallinari and they're, they're just more healthy than the Spurs right now. And, and you know, even without Chris Paul, they're still playing really good basketball. And so I, I'd also take the Clippers in that matchup. So by next Wednesday, Spurs cast listeners, uh, myself and Steven were picking the Spurs to so probably be six and five. Now, again, don't think that the, the world is coming to an end. If you're a Spurs, they're without, we're assuming this is without Kawhi Leonard. If if um, you know if Kawhi's healthy and, and they're losing all these type of games, then, yes, there's some problems there. But without Kawhi, you know, to keep yourself above water, over 500, that's still a, a pretty good spot. And one thing I mentioned, Steven, recently was that with, with context, like almost the entire NBA, no one's actually elite right now. You know, We, we know Golden State's going to get there, but even them, they're four and three. Um, right now so like i mean five and three so like no one's actually standing out just yet every team at least has two losses right. so i think that's just kind of helping the spurs even if they do struggle until Kawhi comes back what do you think about that
2: yeah i agree i mean as you said i mean yeah the teams that are struggling right now and i do include the spurs in that quote-unquote struggle category because three in a row is un- to lose is on Spurs like uh state cleveland uh the spurs even uh the clippers who have played well i mean All those teams are either doing well right now or struggling right now. It's going to have the opposite effect once we get into January, February, March, and April because the teams who start hot, and I'm going off of history, normally cool off. The teams that struggle normally get hot. So, I mean, and obviously the Spurs, we know they're hurt. Golden State. Well, they're Golden State. They're gonna they're gonna go, come back into into form. So I think if the Spurs can just stay above five hundred, maybe one or two games above five hundred till Kawhi gets back, uh, they'll be just fine.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm wondering now. Like uh, before you and I came on, Stephen, around six o'clock, we were recording this at eight p.m. Yeah, I had put a, a, a quick tweet on my on my personal Twitter account. I just said, you know, I asked Spurs fans basically, um, what do you think their record's gonna be by this time next Wednesday? And the majority, forty five percent of those that participated, picked six and five. So. Hopefully, this is showing that now there's only 157 people that participated in the survey. So Almost one of them, <laughs> you know, hopefully they're, they're they're becoming more realistic with the expectations until Kawhi comes back. You know, I don't, I don't want to see the, the Twitter going nuts if they lose another game on, tomorrow or Friday or, you know, um, you know, it, it's just something you got to understand. They don't have their best player. This dude is a top MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. He was he was actually the favorite from Vegas coming in this year. He was third last year. Um, you really can't see the Spurs right now until Kawhi is out there on the floor with them.
2: I agree. And I mean, the Spurs have played very, very well. We know with Kawhi and even in some games without Kawhi, we saw them go 4-0 without him. So, I mean, it's just a matter of holding down the fort till he gets back. And I think that's exactly what Pop's plan is, you know, hold the fort down. Don't tread too much water. And even if you lose a couple of games here and there to a team like Golden State or to a Cleveland or whoever's coming in, you know, they can deal with it. As long as he's healthy coming back, that's what matters.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm in total agreement with you there. So, Stephen, thank you again for coming on SpursCast, episode 468. Please let the um, the SpursCast listeners know where to find you on social media.
2: Um, all of my social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat are I'm Steve Anderson.
1: Okay, thank you. Yes. Okay. So make sure you follow Stephen on wh- whichever platform you're using and check out ProjectSpurs.com. He's been writing some great stuff after every game. He, he's been doing this new series called The Three Standout Players, where Stephen takes the, you know he kind of gives a quick recap of the game, but then he also Provides who he thinks are the three standout players, and he's been doing an excellent job with that with that assignment this year. So it's a great job with that, Stephen. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good night. Thanks you too. Thank you again to Stephen for joining me on Spurs Cast, episode 468. If you're on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, please follow him at I Steve Anderson. So at I Steve Anderson. Uh, just a few reminders before we exit, we exit this episode. Uh, please again continue to send us questions using hashtag SpursCast. Those have always been fun, and um, answer those questions is with each guest that I have on the SpursCast. Uh, if you're on Twitter, please follow at Project Spurs at AT League underscore NBA at the SpursCast and our new handle at Project Spurs Network. Uh, please visit the sites, projectspurs.com, analyzingtheleague.com, spurson6.com, and projectspursnetwork.com. And lastly, if you're listening to the Spurs cast on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. Thank you. Have a great day.